book two chapter twenty three of the mystical city of god volume two by the venerable sister mary of jesus of agreda this librivox recording is in the public domain book two chapter twenty three jesus mary and joseph pursue their journey from the city of gaza to heliopolis in egypt on the third day after our pilgrims had touched gaza they departed from that city for egypt soon after leaving the inhabited parts of palestine they entered the sandy deserts of bersabe which they were obliged to traverse for sixty leagues in order to arrive and take their abode in heliopolis the present cairo in egypt this journey through the desert consumed a number of days for the distance they could travel each day was but short not only on account of the laborious progress over the deep sand but also on account of the hardships occasioned by the want of shelter there were many incidents on their way through this solitude i will mention some of them from which others can be conjectured for it is not necessary to relate all of them in order to understand how much mary and joseph and also infant jesus suffered on their pilgrimage it must be remembered that the almighty permitted his only begotten with his most holy mother and saint joseph to suffer the inconveniences and hardships naturally connected with travel through this desert and although the heavenly lady made no complaints yet she was much afflicted which was also true of her most faithful husband for both of them suffered many personal inconveniences and discomforts while the mother in addition thereto was afflicted still more on account of the sufferings of her son and of saint joseph and the latter was deeply grieved not to be able by his diligence and care to ease the hardships of the child and his spouse during this journey of sixty leagues through the desert they had no other night shelter than the sky and open air moreover it was in the time of winter for this journey took place in the month of february only six days after the purification as was indicated in the last chapter in the first night on these sandy plains they rested at the foot of a small hill this being the only protection they could find the queen of heaven with the child in her arms seated herself on the ground and with her husband she ate of the victuals brought with them from gaza the empress of heaven also nursed the infant jesus at her breast and he on his part rejoiced his mother and her husband by his contentment in order to furnish them with some kind of shelter against the open air however narrow and humble it might be saint joseph formed a sort of tent for the divine word and most holy mary by means of his cloak and some sticks during that night the ten thousand angels who full of marvel assisted these heavenly pilgrims in visible human shapes formed a guard around their king and queen the great lady perceived that her divine son offered up to the eternal father the hardships and labors both of himself and of mary and joseph in these prayers and in the other acts of his deified soul the queen joined him for the greater part of the night the divine infant slept for a short time in her arms while she continued wakeful and engaged in heavenly colloquies with the most high and his angels saint joseph slept upon the ground resting his head upon the chest which contained the clothing and other articles of their baggage on the next day they pursued their journey and their little store of fruit and bread was soon exhausted so that they began to suffer great want and to feel the hunger although joseph was more deeply concerned yet both of them felt this privation very much on one of the first days of their journey they partook of no sustenance until nine o'clock at night 
not having any more even of the coarse and poor food which until then had sustained them in their hardships and labor as nature demanded some refreshment after the exertion and weariness of travel and as there was no way of supplying their want by natural means the heavenly lady addressed herself to the most high in these words eternal great and powerful god i give thee thanks and bless thee for thy magnificent bounty and also that without my merits only on account of thy merciful condescension thou gavest me life and being and preservest me in it though i am but dust and a useless creature i have not made a proper return for all these benefits therefore how can i ask for myself what i cannot repay but my lord and father look upon thy only begotten and grant me what is necessary to sustain my natural life and also that of my spouse so that i may serve thy majesty and thy word made flesh for the salvation of men in order that the clamors of the sweet mother might proceed from yet greater tribulation the most high permitted the elements to afflict them more than at other times and in addition to the sufferings caused by their fatigue destitution and hunger for there arose a storm of wind and rain which harassed and blinded them by its fury this hardship grieved still more the tender-hearted and loving mother on account of the delicate child which was not yet fifty days old although she tried to cover and protect him as much as possible yet she could not prevent him from feeling the inclemency of the weather so that he shed tears and shivered from the cold in the same manner as other children are wont to do then the anxious mother making use of her power as queen and mistress of creatures commanded the elements not to afflict their creator but to afford him shelter and refreshment and wreak their vengeance upon her alone and as related once before on the occasion of the birth of christ and on the journey to jerusalem again the wind immediately moderated and the storm abated not daring to approach the mother and child in return for this loving forethought the infant jesus commanded his angels to assist his kindest mother and to serve her as a shield against the inclemency of the weather they immediately complied and constructed a resplendent and beautiful globe round about and over their incarnate god his mother and her spouse in this they were protected and defended more effectually than all the wealthy and powerful of the world in their palaces and rich garments the same they did several times during the journey through the desert nevertheless they were in want of food and they were destitute of other things unprovidable by their own mere human effort but the lord allowed them to fall into this need in order that listening to the acceptable prayers of his spouse he might make provision also for this by the hands of the angels they brought them delicious bread and well-seasoned fruits and moreover a most delicious drink all of which they administered and served with their hands then all of them together sang hymns of praise and thanksgiving to the lord who gives food to all creatures at opportune times in order that the poor may eat and be filled psalm 135 verse 25 whose eyes and hopes are fixed upon his kingly providence and bounty of such a kind was the delicate feast with which the lord regaled his three exiled wanderers in the desert of bersabe third book of kings chapter nineteen verse three for it was the same desert in which elias fleeing from jezebel was comforted by the hearth cake brought to him by the angel in order that he might travel to horeb mount yet neither this bread nor the bread and meat 
which once before the ravens had miraculously brought him every morning and evening at the torrent of Kareth, nor the manna which fell from heaven for the Israelites, although it was called the bread of angels, and dropped from heaven, nor the quails, which were carried to them by the African winds, nor the cloud tent, which overshadowed them. None of all these could be compared to the succor and relief, which the Lord afforded to his only begotten, and to his mother and St. Joseph. For these favors were not to be conferred upon a prophet, or upon an ungrateful and unthinking people, but they were intended for the nourishment and protection of a God incarnate, for his true mother. They were intended for the preservation of the natural life of Christ, on which depended the eternal life of the whole human race. But if this food was worthy of the excellence of those who were invited, so was also the thanksgiving and gratitude worthy of the blessings conferred. In order that all this might be so much the more opportune, the Lord permitted the necessity to become extreme, and thus naturally called into play the assistance of heaven. Let the poor rejoice in this example, let the hungry confide, let the destitute take new courage, let none complain of divine providence, no matter how afflicted and needy they may find themselves to be. When has the Lord ever failed him who hoped in his assistance? Psalm 17 verse 31 when has he ever turned away his countenance from his afflicted and needy children? We are brothers of his only son incarnate, children and heirs of his blessings, and also children of his kindest mother. Why then, ye children of God and of this most holy mother, do you continue to distress such parents in your poverty? Why do you deprive them of this honor, and yourselves of the privilege of being assisted and sustained by them? Come, come to them with humble confidence, so that they may look upon you with the eyes of parents and listen to your crying needs. The arms of this lady are stretched out toward the poor, and her hands opened for the needy. And you, ye rich of this world, why will you confide so much in your uncertain riches, at the imminent danger of losing your faith, of piling up for yourselves heaviest cares and sorrows, as mentioned by the apostle? By your avarice, you fail to conduct yourselves as children of God, or of his mother. By your actions you make of yourselves spurious offsprings. For legitimate children confide in the care and love of their parents, and abhor trusting in others, who are not only strangers, but enemies. These truths are manifested to me by the divine light, and charity compels me thus to speak. The Most High Father not only provided nourishment for our pilgrims, but also visible relief against the tediousness of this journey and continued solitude. It happened a few times, when the heavenly lady rested on the ground from her fatigue, that as on other occasions, a great multitude of birds came flying towards her from the mountains. By the sweetness of their warbling and the variety of their plumage, they sought to entertain and delight her, perching on her shoulders and hands with signs of great joy. The most prudent queen gently received them, and invited them to acknowledge their creator by their songs, and to be thankful for his having created them so beautiful, and arrayed them in their gorgeous plumage, given them the air and the earth for their enjoyment, and provided them with daily food and sustenance. The birds responded to her exhortations, with joyous movements and sweet warblings, while the loving mother joined them with still more sweet and melodious songs for the infant Jesus, extolling and blessing him, and acknowledging him as her God and her Son, and as the author of all these wonders. Also the holy angels took part in these colloquies, so full of sweetness, 
and alternated their offerings of praise with that of the great lady and of these simple birds all this produced a harmony more perceptible by the spirit than by the senses and of admirable concord for the rational soul at other times the heavenly princess conversed with the child and said my love and light of my soul how can i diminish thy labor how can i relieve thee of thy hardships what can i do to lighten the sufferings of this journey O oh, would that i could carry thee not in my arms but in my bosom and make for thee a soft couch in my heart in order that thou mayest rest there without fatigue and the sweet jesus replied my beloved mother very easy do i rest in thy arms while making this journey reclining on thy breast i am delighted by thy affection and entertained by thy words sometimes the son and mother conversed with each other interiorly and these conversations were so exalted and divine that our words cannot express them saint joseph shared in many of these mysteries and consolations and thus he eased his journey forgot his hardships feeling within himself the delight and sweetness of such companionship yet he did not hear or perceive what the child said audibly to his mother for at that time of the life of jesus this favor was reserved for her alone as i have already remarked above in this manner our exiles proceeded on their way to egypt instruction vouchsafed by the most holy mary our lady my daughter just as those who know the lord also know how to trust in him so those who do not hope in his goodness and immense love have no perfect knowledge of the majesty of god on account of the want of faith and hope this love also is deficient for we readily place our love in whom we have confidence and whom we esteem in this error lies the source of all the damage done to mortals for they have such a low conception of infinite bounty which gave them being and which preserves them that they fail to place full confidence in their god failing in this they also fail in the love due to him and they divert it toward the creatures they esteem in them what they are seeking namely power riches vain honor and ostentation although the faithful can remedy these injurious influences by faith and hope yet they allow these virtues to remain dead and unused and debase themselves to the level of worthless creatures those who have riches trust in them and those who have none greedily haste after them some procure them by very reprehensible ways and means some confide in influential persons praising and flattering them and thus it happens that very few seek the lord in such a way as to deserve his providential care very few trust in god and acknowledge him as their father who is willing to provide for his children who will nourish and sustain them without fail in all necessities this deceitful error has filled the earth with lovers of the world has filled it with avarice and concupiscence against the law of the creator has made men insane in their desires for all of them commonly strive after riches and earthly possessions claiming thereby merely to satisfy their needs which is only a pretext for hiding their want of interest in higher things in reality they lie to themselves abominously since they are seeking the superfluous not what is really necessary but what ministers to worldly pride if men would confide their desires to what is really necessary it would be unreasonable to put any confidence in creatures instead of placing it in god alone 
who ineffably provides even for the young ravens with no less solicitude than if their crowings were prayers sent up to their creator for help proverbs chapter twenty eight verse eight secure in this confidence i was not alarmed in my exile and prolonged journey since i trusted in the lord he provided for me in the time of my want thou also my daughter who art aware of this exalted providence shouldest not afflict thyself in the time of need nor neglect thy duties in order to make provision for them nor confide in human efforts nor in creatures after having done what is required of thee the most efficacious means is to confide in the lord without being disturbed or confused hope patiently even when help is somewhat delayed it will always be at hand at a time when it will do most good and when the paternal love of the lord can manifest itself most conveniently and openly thus it happened with me and my spouse in the time of our destitution and necessity those that do not bear with adversity and do not put up with privations who turn toward dried up cisterns jeremiah chapter two verse five trusting in deceit and in the powerful of this world those that are not moderate in their desires and greedily covet what is unnecessary for the sustenance of life those that anxiously cling to what they possess fearing that they may be diminished and withholding the alms due to the poor all of them have reasons to dread lest divine providence showing itself just as niggardly in caring for them as they are in their confidence and in their charities to the poor deprive them of what they could otherwise easily expect to receive at its hands but the father in heaven who lets the sun rise over the just and the unjust matthew chapter five verse forty five and lets the rain fall on the good and the bad nevertheless helps all giving them life and nourishment however just as his blessings are distributed to the good and to the bad so also it cannot be a rule with god to give greater temporal goods to the good and less to the bad on the contrary he prefers that the chosen and predestined ones be poor letter of st james chapter two verse five both because they thus gain more merit and reward and because there are few who know how to use wealth properly and who can retain it without inordinate greed although my most holy son and i had nothing to fear from this danger yet he wished to furnish this example to men and to teach them this science through which eternal life comes to them. End of chapter 23